0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Val Mars. We're going to talk about all things NASCAR, and mainly cards for NASCAR, although there's a very thriving hobby that includes more than just cards. It's just great to go to the races and the, the total NASCAR experience, but mainly cards. Uh, thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hudson Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Thank you, Val. We've been on Hobby Hotline together, and we've done an episode on a tribute to the 20th anniversary of the melancholy date of Dale Earnhardt's passing in Daytona. But welcome back. This will be a more positive episode talking about NASCAR. It's not my first love, but it is a love. It, is it your first
1: love? And welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Dr. Beckett, for having me. <clears throat> it was not my first love. Uh, NASCAR is one of those sports where I was like everybody else. I collected all of the other sports and moved over to NASCAR. My family moved to the uh, Charlotte area in 86, dibbled and dabbled like that. But then when Charlotte got the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I figured it made sense for me to dive into it. I started collecting in the late 2000s, but with the Hall of Fame coming, it's living in Cooperstown and not collecting baseball. So well, I am—I um, went all in. Do you think Charlotte is the epicenter of NASCAR? <laughs> actually, no. France, Daytona is really where NASCAR started, the France family and all of that. But Charlotte, because of where the races were situated in the South, even before NASCAR, actually, uh, a lot of races... And so they put the race teams, a lot of them here, north of Charlotte, Kannapolis and Mooresville. Right. Probably the majority of all the teams are located there. There's a few outside of Charlotte, but not many. So it only made sense to they have the Ulster race here. And, and then the Coke hundred in the fall race. Atlanta was in the bidding, Kansas City, I think, and maybe Daytona, but Charlotte was awarded the well, Char- Hall Charlotte of Fame. Had, Charlotte had two races
0: early on. I thought when most of the place only had one race a year.
1: No, most of them were twice like Daytona. They run in the first race and actually the 500, then the uh, the July 4th race. And uh, now it's moved. Darlington had two. And during the late 90s, they pulled tracks away f- of them, like Rockingham. They lost one and then they put in Texas and California and Las Vegas and other stuff. It started to um, be more regional, more diverse in the United States, uh, different tracks, California, Phoenix, you know, right. all that. They've actually run in Mexico and, and I think Japan once, twice, whatever. But so yeah, so Charlotte got the hall of fame and it kind of made sense. I knew the legends would be coming here. And as you know, someone who gets autographs and stuff, I thought it'd just be the perfect, perfect sport. And like I said, I collected other sports and there are so many different things to collect in NASCAR. Like with the other sports, you know, we have diecasts, but uniforms and sheet metal and all that other stuff. I tried just to stick to cards because I don't have the room <laughs> to to do all this other stuff. So uh, I took my love of baseball past hockey cards stuff like that and then transitioned over to nascar i just thought it was like i said the perfect opportunity they were so undervalued i think it's the second most watched sports behind football for total attendance yeah yeah and it just made you know sense And, and my dollar could go a lot farther collecting and at the end of the day it's you know about collecting and Building sets and getting autographs and that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, but uh, around here, if I go to a card show and probably even at the national, there's less than 5% of the stuff that's NASCAR. What would that percentage be like in Charlotte, in the hotbeds? If there's a, a card show in Charlotte, is it 10 or 15% NASCAR? Or is it surely it's more
1: than what we see in Dallas, which is just barely blip? It's probably like that. It's probably about 10, 15%. Well, it makes going to the national, I can do the show twice during the week. And makes for a a quick conversation with some of the dealers. Ask them if they have NASCAR. Most of the time it's no, and then go on to the the next table whatever. And when you find something, you can do a deep dive or whatever. But in the South, it's probably about the same, like I said, like you were saying, about 10, 20%. We just had a show here in Hickory not too long ago. And there were some NASCAR and because of the, I guess the craze for, cards now, there's a lot of stuff coming out of the woodwork, some of the older stuff. You know, everybody sees these prices and I think they just kind of throw some high n- numbers on it and see what, what they can get for it. But by older,
0: do you mean 88?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. you hit the nail right on the head, the early stuff is all you have is the 1970, 1972, 1983, and then 85 and 86. And then you're into the 88 max and all the way up. So yeah, so vintage, that's the other thing too, about collecting old NASCAR. I spent those years- looking for 1972 STPs and some of that old stuff. And I have to give you guys credit because I've, I've learned about some of that stuff in your magazine They because you published a racing Excellent. price guide. I think it was one of the articles you guys did a hall of fame and you I think it was Dane Turner and, and some of the other pioneers and then some of the original sets. And that's where I found out some of the stuff and then just dug into it. Yeah. So there's not a lot of stuff to collect, not like baseball where you can go back to the turn of the century.
0: And we're saying NASCAR, but if you uh, are you into Indy at all or Formula One or any of these others? Most of the people that I know when I would hit the shows in the Southeast, it was almost all NASCAR.
1: I don't see a lot of Indy or F1. I'm not a big collector of that. Now I do, I guess, dabble in a little bit of stuff. There is a really cool of some games from the late 70s that had cards in it, and they have some NASCAR drivers in it and, and Indy drivers. So there's some of that overlap. I hardly see any Indy or F1 Cards out there, but I did go to I think it was an Indy 500. They have a memorabilia show there, and uh, took the trip one year and went looking for NASCAR stuff, and that was pretty cool. We found some signed tickets and uh, NASCAR stuff. In NASCAR, I don't think there's
0: unanimous support for the goat for the all-time greatest. There, do people, according to their age, line up with a certain goat in their own opinion in NASCAR? Because there's some very dominant drivers that had uh, long, strong runs. But uh, what do you see there? Because it's obviously superstar driven in the sense that you got to win, you got to win consistently. And when people have good runs like that, Jimmy Johnson or Richard Petty or Dale Earnhardt, uh, Senior, especially Jeff Gordon, even. What is your take on the goat in respect to NASCAR?
1: Yeah, I think depending on how old you are, is <laughs> which goat you are, you're backing. Each one of them did amazing things in their time. Richard Petty just he raced everywhere. It wasn't just one race a week like they do now. They're racing multiple times a week, and there might be two races on the same day. And with Dale Earnhardt Sr., he was more the everyday blue collar guy and just tough as nails and just through maybe not being the best driver, but he's going to win no matter what. And then with Jimmy Johnson, he just had the perfect setup with him and Chad Knows his crew chief. And NASCAR was changing the rules and they were still winning when. Dale Hurt Sr. and Richard Petty were driving. They were under the same rules, but with Jimmy Johnson, they were changing the rules, adding the playoff system that we have now that wasn't available back then. So you know, I guess the case could be made for all three.
0: Okay. But there's, for the non-GOATs, a couple things. One is that I'm wondering if there's such a thing as a common driver. When we were doing price guides, you would have the very the drivers that had a really big following. But it seemed a shame that when they're out there defying death, you would call them a common driver or a common car. And then it might be, as you mentioned with Jimmy Johnson, in really all these situations, if it's a common driver, maybe it's a spectacular driver in their crew or their owner, or they're underfunded in some way that they're disadvantaged. So that's different from these other sports. In baseball, you go up and you get your own batting average. But in uh,
1: NASCAR, you're driving a car that somebody else set up. No, you're exactly right. The only thing I can think of is maybe playing for a smaller team, maybe like the Dale Murphys who have never won... Uh, the world series or, or stuff like that, that it's fantastic player, but you can look at as individual stats and NASCAR, you kind of, you don't have necessarily that because of maybe running for a smaller team or moving around different teams. You could know, be the greatest driver, but you still need the crew and you know, the equipment and the setup and stuff. So it, it, it's more of a team sport, I think, than it, people give it credit for. So yeah, I, I, I can see exactly what you're saying about uh, you have maybe some of these uh, lower level teams where the just the odds are against them. It's going to be probably four or five different teams. One of those members is going to win. But then again, you have smaller teams that can pull off the big upset, like Michael McDowell running for front row motorsports, I believe. And they did the impossible. And then Chris Buescher remind, comes to mind a few years ago. So it happens, but.
0: It just seemed to me there were back when I was doing the pricing and in, involved, at least in the company in the 90s, let's say, late 80s, 90s, there were drivers who were in all the sets and they never won. Okay. And so, but they're showing up every week, but like I said, whatever the setup was, they, they weren't winning, but they weren't getting fired. They were doing the best they could. And like I said, people were crashing and they they have a uh, consummate skill. That's the only sport you can say that they're showing up, but they they never, they didn't win for long stretches, if at all.
1: Yeah, some of that you, I guess you'd have to look at the race results. So some of those teams, they look at how how fast the car is and if they can finish better than what the car is set up for. And so that's considered, I don't say a win for them, but that they did better than they were supposed to. And those smaller teams also saving the car is a big deal because. Those smaller funded the teams, they can't afford to replace the cars. And some of the bigger teams, they will have multiple cars, one for short track, one for super speedways, one for set up this way for the high banks, or just all kinds of different stuff. And the smaller teams, they're hoping just to bring the car back in one piece and they'll set it up. Yeah, that that's a big thing too. If you wreck, destroy the car too many times, then uh, you'll be out.
0: That's worse than hitting a double play or throwing an interception. Yes. Speaking of other sports, I'm a fan of Joe Gibbs, the person. But I wasn't a fan of Joe Gibbs, the coach of the Washington football team, because I was a Cowboy fan in those days. (laughs) But he's done very well in NASCAR. And is that an attention to detail? Was that his first love? How did that happen that he went from winning Super Bowls to being a dominant figure in the NASCAR world?
1: He's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I think he's the only one that I know of that's in two Hall of Fames. I think he just has a knack for personalities and putting the right people in the right spots. That was, I don't know if you know that story, not how that started, but his son didn't want to get into football, but he approached his dad about starting a race team. So they got Dale Jarrett and they didn't have a sponsor, but they talked to Interstate Batteries and Inter- Interstate Batteries was on board and they didn't have a crew chief and they didn't have a place. They didn't have anything. but they just started building it and they won the championships. And now they have one of the... The biggest teams or best teams, he's right up there with Hendrick. There's a pecking order like you have in baseball, your Yankees and the Red Sox. And Joe Gibbs, he's a Yankees. He's a Boston Red Sox. He With the stable of drivers, he's got rookies coming up and the championships they've won. I think it's the way he treats people, but he's built up an amazing team.
0: You know, I'm familiar with Interstate Battery because it's located here and I know some of the people. Again, they're pictured in the cards when there's a picture of the car, but it must be a great two-way street for the sponsors. The drivers get the publicity in one sense, they're driving the car, but the logos are plastered all over it. And I think it's been very good for interstate battery.
1: Yeah. The whole sponsorship, there's a primary sponsor and then some secondaries and stuff. And I think sponsorship can run in the millions, anywhere 10 to 20 millions, depending on the level. When I worked for Lance, we we're a minor sponsor of some cars, or we chose a few races to, to race. But you know, I think they also entitled, like Marcus Ambrose came to the home office and he signed and we met him. So they get, the advertising on race day. And of course, if you're one of these big high teams, you get TV spots and then Victory Lane that there. But then there's also um, the drivers come and do publicity uh, like Joey Logano and stuff comes to mind. He does Planet Fitness and Brad Keselowski does Discount Tire. So that's one of the things like when the races come to town, this is pre-COVID. You can get autographs for free and Joey Logano will be at a Planet Fitness opening one and like Joe Brad Kozlowski will be at a Discount Tire or stuff here. Martin Truex will be at the Bass Pro Shop and, and Austin Dillon and Richard Childress will be there as well because they're big hunters and stuff. You know, I guess it's at that two way street. They get the advertisement and they get. Uh, attached to, a guess, a winner.
0: I think that's a precursor of what's going to happen in these other sports. I think you're going to see baseball players, football, basketball, with more and more prominent sponsor recognition on their uniforms. But I love the interaction that NASCAR has with fans. I think it's exemplary that the drivers are available through the sponsors. Thanks, everybody, uh, for for listening. Thanks, Val. Give NASCAR consideration. You ought to check it out and and check out NASCAR Radio, which is Val's popular podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The